Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play. Every Wednesday in Sound of Play we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 135 is a returning guest but a debutante to Sound of Play. It's our friend Ben Cartledge of One Credit Classics. Hello. Welcome, Ben. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Seems like, feels like it's been ages. It was about six months, yeah. We interviewed, I, I interviewed, we had a chat basically back in September Wow. And we put that out as a podcast, uh, listeners, if you're interested in, uh, in in Ben and everything he has to say today. And the One Credit Classics channel, you might not you might already be subscribed to it and not even know that we uh, that we've we've interacted. Uh, check that one out on uh, canerince.com. Just Google Ben Cartridge, uh, spelt like cartridge, but with an L. There you uh, go. Yeah. Bit of English. Uh, and uh, and it works. And the channel is still, uh, yeah. So uh, the history between us is that I was looking, when we were about to cover R-Type, I was doing what I always do, which is plenty of research. And one of the things uh, I wanted to look at was somebody who was really good at the game. And there was your video, your one credit attack of uh, the original R-Type, which you uh, still regard although you may have trumped it in recent times but certainly yeah. one of the uh, one of the ultimate gaming achievements is to is to get to the end of the original R-Type with uh, 
was it no lives or was it uh, yeah no, yeah, li- no yeah, lives because if you yeah. die because dying's yeah dying's you worse. might as well start again exactly so uh yeah so that happened and then yeah we got chatting on social media and and uh realized we were somewhat kindred spirits and i'm exactly. very happy to uh to be now something of a um a sort of a, a late night uh digital um i don't know a punch bag sounds harsh especially as you're an uh ultimate fighting champion man um because I, th- I think i wouldn't survive that long but like um we've got into a thing and i and i i really appreciate it and enjoy it where what you wouldn't necessarily know from watching ben's videos is that he does go through the mill like one of the things that one of the things that i think is i find always find amusing about speed running okay so Sorry, I know I'm going on here and diverting, but we'll get there in the end. So I've been watching a speed run of Resident Evil 2, the world record speed run of Resident Evil 2, because we're about to cover the Resident Evil 2 podcast. This guy, Swedish guy, has the world record. He set it a few months back and for he, he completes Resident Evil 2 Leon A scenario in about, I think it's like 48 minutes or something like that. Wow. Um, took me about five and a half hours doing it just after 20 years of not having played it today. <laughs> Through For the first 45 minutes of that thing, he's talking, you know, he's he's occasionally interacting with the viewers that are watching him stream. He's occasionally just tutting and sighing and having a go at himself. That's all he's doing. And then he gets to the end. And of course, it all comes out like like it does in your videos. But but here's the thing that I re- one of the things I really wanted to tell you that I appreciate about your videos is that Every time you do a run, you sound like you're enjoying yourself, even if it's tough, even if there are bits where you have to concentrate. You actually seem to be having a good time, whereas speedrunners <laughs> don't really seem to enjoy it unless they break the record. Yeah, it kind of feels like a job at that point for, for people like that. I mean, I like I get the whole uh, like the, the progress running side of it is kind of I wouldn't say it's measurable, but like that's that like because playing games is fun. That's why we do this. But um, like repeatedly dying at the same bit through sometimes fault of your own sometimes no fault of your own is uh, is yeah, yeah isn't ideal but like no. i say I, I like the fact that uh do you know what i mean half one in the morning you can kind of almost turn into like mickey from the rocky films and tell me to just get on with it and then i'll just have <laughs> a couple more uh, i'll have a couple more goes at it because the thing is right whenever you've got it, it's weird with you you would you'd think that like you see these people who talk about chance in, in roulette and you see this thing where like if like there's three black numbers in a row, everyone's going, oh, it's mm. going to be red, even though the chances are the same. same you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the thing with that, like you, you, sh- you shouldn't think that progress running is any different or trying to record is any different. You shouldn't mm. think to yourself, well, if like uh, if I have a load of bad runs, then surely a good one's around the corner. Or, uh, do you know what I mean? Or if I have a good run of form, then surely I can continue it. Every one should be a separate kind of entity from when you start. But it's it's weird because like like when you get those kind of big takes, often you'll have on the same night you'll have mm. one or two takes where you get perilously close to it and it, yeah. like it's and every time that happens you want to quit it's yeah. not quitting at that point that's that's the single hardest bit is getting right near the end dying and then going right let's do it again <laughs> well this is what this is what i think is remarkable is is this steely resolve that you have and like i know when we spoke before you were quite modest about your game playing abilities but i think people have en- enough people have commented now on your videos and that to suggest that maybe you know maybe you have uh skills above the average i was wondering actually on this subject we were just uh we were both getting tea before the podcast because uh i know that one of your sort of uh one of your fuels, uh, refueling <laughs> mentally, physically, psychologically, is uh, is the cup of tea. So I get the impression that given, so you're, you know, you're not a, you're younger than me, but you're not an incredibly young man, late thirties now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
am I right in thinking like are you quite obviously you don't have to admit to anything you don't want to you quite a clean living chap yeah for sure yeah that's i think that's part of it like to be to be into your late 30s and uh and to have all that motor skill and concentration and stuff i think the fact that you've led like a a, you've looked after yourself i think pays dividends especially recently like recently like uh, the last um i was i was in a band for like my early 20s and then like uh, i had a spot where uh um, I, I played a show. I got blind and drunk, and then woke up asleep mm. on a road. Mm. And uh, there was a car like beeping at me. I thought it was an alarm clock. And uh, <laughs> I got, I like, I was kind of, I was in such Couple a state. And yeah, it was. But like, the weird thing was, I got home, and uh, I was living at my mum's house. And uh, the next morning, I uh, was sitting down having some food with my mum. She said, "What happened last night?" And I explained, and she just looked at me, and I thought she was going to start crying. And I was like, yeah. "And it wasn't like it sounds truly grim, but it wasn't like after me. It wasn't like after me. Uh, my dad died actually." And she just looked at me and said, "Look, I can't lose another one." And I thought, "I'm going to have to stop drinking here, aren't I?" So I stopped, right. and that was like 11 years ago, basically. Yeah, it's yeah. like apart from one uh, ridiculous evening in uh, Dubai where there was a free bar. Uh, I haven't. I've, I've stayed kind of on the on uh, on the kind of straight and narrow, really. So like, um, yeah, like I, I kind of walk to work and, and try and try and eat fairly responsibly. Like, and I think like, I think you're right. Like, um, like I, I, I drink quite a lot of tea and, and try and sleep a lot and drink a lot of water, and it does help. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. like I said, like you can kind of learn a lot about games and you can learn about patterns and stuff but when when you start getting into harder stuff that's got an element of rng like you need to be pretty sharp because mm-hmm. like like i said when i i did some of the videos like that that thing that fires two bullets might fire three this time and if it, if you're expecting two or three turn up like you need that split second to to kind of stop the run or go into a or going to pieces which happened several times which happened 411 times if if, uh, if anyone's counting on the right. Yeah, the girls and ghosts run. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's the thing. Like you, you know, people, people are. I think we talked about this before, but people only get to see the successful runs. So, so exactly. you, you know, you make it look easy. It's it's like the overnight success thing. Actually, it, you're not an overnight success. It took no. it took um, a lot of dedication and it was and, over a lot of nights. I started yeah. in November. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and a lot of people, you know, get uh, in whatever. It, whatever format they choose they you know they mong out when they're playing games whether they get stoned or pissed or whatever um but there's you with your cup of tea what what's your uh, what's your tea of choice what what's what's the what's the brand give oh, them a plug um <laughs> or do you not even I, care is it just imagine like, if i wound up with some kind of endorsement off the back of tea this endorsement I turned into the face of twinings uh, i do like twinings every day to be honest with you yeah and uh, yorkshire cool. gold as well but twinings every day i think it's as versatile a tea as, as the name suggests <laughs> beautiful i mean you know why is that not the slogan i mean i'm going to email them after this straight yeah. on yeah well you've already you, you we were trying to get you uh some capcom gear weren't we you i know, know yeah yeah but yeah um it's hard to get uh games companies to recognize their legacy stuff unless they're they're very much into it though street uh capcom with street fighter and stuff are kind of on that on that uh yeah i've done enough street fighter games do you know what I mean? yeah true enough <laughs> I suppose we should talk music as well, uh, just because we open. This is Sound of Play. We opened the track. Uh, we opened the podcast, I should say, with a track from, of course, uh, in fact, all the tracks in this podcast I've made sure are from the late eighties to the <sighs> early mid nineties because Beautiful. it just, you know, it just it just suits what you Halcyon do. Halcyon days, uh, Halcyon days for, in many ways, yes. Um, so we start with our. Actually, we're finishing with the earliest track. This is the second earliest track. This is a nineteen eighty nine game uh crime fighters a konami brawler uh is is this one you've tackled for the channel or is it just a favorite game i have uh, had a look at tackling it for the channel it is a 
yeah, it's doable, but I think it would take quite a bit of work. Mm. Um, it's got a, uh, I've got quite quite a history with it. Um, not far from where I uh, where I grew up, there was a there was an arcade kind of almost on the end of my street, really, um, on a, on a little kind of shopping precinct thing, and they had um, uh, they had different coin ups in every every kind of week um, from kind of the mid eighties to kind of I think it's shutting around about. Nah, it's shutting around the early 2000s and even then they still had the odd random uh, the odd random arcade in there by then obviously it was mostly fruit machines but yeah. i remember walking in there being in my like, early 20s and seeing they randomly had a copy of like mutant fighter by data east or something and i was oh, like yeah. oh quality but um but yeah i remember uh yeah late 80s it would have been um you couldn't go in unless you were under 18 because they had gambling machines, unless you were accompanied by an adult and kind of my older brother who was uh, nine years my uh, nine years my senior used to take me in um and uh, they had a uh, they had a, a crime fighters machine and then it was tempia play as well i remember nice. and i see i honestly think it, it, it's one of my earliest memories of beating a game um it, i just remember i had to sit on a stool because i was quite small obviously um and my brother like stood up next to me and it was two-player co-op um i believe there's a four-player uh cabinet of, of, of um crime fighters as well but i just it wasn't very uh it wasn't it wasn't kind of massively uh massively popular but i just remember him um, even then i remember like the, the really kind of like trebly like tinny kind of soundtracks that yeah. sounded amazing through those kind of uh, those cabinet speakers and just that whole kind of it, it's like one of those things that it automatically makes me think of do you know what i mean like like the, the, the smell of like fag ash and and horribly horribly sweet carbonated soft drinks do you know what yeah. i mean that that things and everything that arcades kind of were then in, in that glorious way and every time I, I, I hear that soundtrack straight away I'm just kind of instantly here instantly teleported back I've had a couple of runs through it um I think it is doable I just think like it's boss patterns really like yeah. most of the most of the, the the normal enemies are fairly straightforward um large sections of the game are, are rendered incredibly easy by the fact there's a an NPC well there's an NPC there's a, a, a normal foe turns on who's got a gun who you can kind of uh, beat up or kick to death basically and then Nick is gone and you've basically got a projectile weapon then in a um in a brawler which is quite strange really but it's got unlimited ammunition unless you get hit right. so you can literally line up on one side of the screen and take that a lot of a uh, yeah take mm. a lot of people out but uh but yeah a lot longer sections of the get like some of the other sections of the game are incredibly uh, incredibly difficult but uh one other thing as well about it that's quite funny like i've been playing a few different regional variants as i've been doing with it with the channel really is that as i do more and more games and the number of games that people want to see me do again increases like uh, i've done golden axe god knows how many times uh, yeah. but i just love it that much but uh doing the japanese version that's got that really gory intro yeah. the japanese version of uh of uh crime fighters has got some incredibly uh incredibly uh uh stereotypical uh stereotypical characters mm-hmm. um yeah yeah, <laughs> with yeah, it, with quite a, a few uh, sort of yeah Japanese, particularly brawlers from the era, have ended yeah. up with a with a bit of reputation. Obviously, I, re- the I remember when Final Street Fight. of Rage podcast you said a very yes. simple thing. And, yeah, yeah, Streets of Rage three has a has a, an appalling uh, yeah sort of homosexual caricature yeah, in it, which got chopped out of the. Uh, that's of the, the one. Yeah. That's the one in Crime Fighters, to be honest. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's sort of it's leather just... leather leather cap and uh, exactly. pe- uh, moustache and all that sort of yeah it's sort strange. of village it's... people. Yeah. yeah, he looks like a cross between Rob Alford out of Judas Priest and uh, Australian cricketer David Boone, quite strangely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like with it, the, the weird thing is as well, he's got a lot of moves that are quite like uh, pelvic, shall we say, Flamboyant, yeah. <laughs> as well. Mm. Very, uh, yeah, yeah, very, very strange. But, Subtle uh, stuff, very 80s. Yeah, well, very, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, rapier-like. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's at least two of those syllables. And um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Hunger City was a track we played. So the composers on that are uh, uh, Mitsuhiko Zumi and Kenichi Matsubara. I don't know if they're part of Konami Kukeha Club, who are often credited on uh, those games. And I suppose that was one of the last progressive brawlers from Konami before the X-Men, Turtles, Simpsons uh, sort yeah. of run they went on, the licensed yeah. ones. Um, but I remember Crime Fighters being in a lot of the Brighton arcades and uh, being quite, yeah, quite well liked. I never got into it myself. I think as much as anything, because it was nearly always busy. There yeah. were always people on it. It's it's kind of one of those ones where everybody looks at that genre and thinks of, of like a it's like such a hipster oh thinks of the obvious ones but they, yeah, like, yeah. people do think of like Final Fight Double Dragon Street to Rage if you're talking home consoles like when you yeah. start um, really looking into this genre you'll find out that there's load there's loads of games from that era of that of that genre which was at its kind of peak at that point mm. um, that are just really really playable like I, I in the uh, in the channel um, week uh, seven like right at the start I did Vigilante. Um, which is yeah. fantastic. Do you know what I mean? I did a uh, Kung Fu Master as well a bit later on, and it's all a similar, um, yeah, uh, a similar kind of thing. I played the um, the NES version of Renegade the other day. Really enjoyed that as well. Do you know what I mean? So there's mm. there's quite a lot of a uh, the, the, there's a lot in that very short space of time. Do you know what I mean? Of of kind of that brawler genre. It kind of it blazed the trail incredibly. Do you know what I mean? Incredibly brightly for a short number of years. But the amount of good games in that genre that came out were. Uh, kind of a startling i do recommend uh, sort of following it on into the uh, 90s because capcom had an amazing run with yeah. uh, aliens versus predator punisher. and uh, punisher and uh, and all that all that Captain stuff Commander. as well Dun- the dungeons and dragons games which yeah. obviously sort of mash up the uh the, the golden axe with the rpg and the and the progressive progressive brawler so. exactly yeah they did king of dragons as well didn't they and knights of the round yeah of course yeah both of those stuff. really good. King of Dragons fantastic. Like yeah. that's another one. I think that was four player. I want to say, um, yeah, that was that. That the home console versions of that were very good. I seem to remember. Hmm. Good stuff. So for our next track, we're actually going sort of back a generation uh, temporarily. We've got a first. We've got an NES track. Then we've got a Master System track. This one's from the forum, picked by our friend Code Monkey, who simply says, "Rock out, dude." <laughs> so we will. This is Silver Surfer from Tim and Jeff Follin.
Silver Surfer. The title theme, I assume that's by the brothers Follin, Tim and Jeff. We've featured Tim's music a lot of times. Uh, that was by Software Creations, the uh, British software house. For they, they also worked on a lot of uh, sort of coin-op conversions for uh, US Gold, I think, and other teams. I think they did. I'm pretty sure Bubble Bubble uh, on the home computers was a software creations joint, and uh, they did a fine job with that. I think I don't know the game Silver Surfer on the NES. Is that one you've that's crossed your path? I've had a look at it. It is. Um, it's equal parts terrible and difficult. Yeah, <laughs> right up your street. Then. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, well, I don't know. Why I haven't done it like multiple times with different uh, different achievements. I think like that. There's a yeah. It's it's one of those ones where um, it suffers quite a lot from a, a graphical kind of simplicity, which a lot mm. of uh, games of that uh, games of that type and games of that genre did, where it's quite easy to die and the collision de- detection is not amazing. Yeah, um, but yeah. It's it, the thing is though, if I keep doing this long enough, I'll play it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. So yeah, that was uh, from the Nintendo Entertainment System. And at the same time, rather more popular actually in Europe was the Sega Master System. Uh, I never had one myself, um, but this was an interesting case, this game that you've picked. Uh, So we covered the original Outrun in the podcast uh, last year, I think it was. Uh, We only covered sort of brushed across the rest of the series, including this one, Outrun Europa, which was odd in that Sega ended up releasing it on their own console based on their ip but actually it was a game by probe software for us gold (laughs) incredibly uh yeah incredible set of circumstances really um i am i had a a mass system and as was the 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 kind of thing that you did we just used to swap games with friends all the time and a friend of mine had there he said to me oh i've got i've got outrun and i thought it was the original outrun Mm. and uh Hmm. I bought him in something to, and we lent games for kind of a week. And I remember getting it home, and I didn't even. We just gave each other cartridges. I don't think we even swapped boxes. Um, so I yeah. just got it home from school, plugged it in, and uh, it started. And I thought this doesn't look right. And then I looked at the thingy, and I thought, is this not outrun? Or I remember ringing him up and saying, I thought this was outrun. And he said, Oh, it is. It's like the new one. So I was like, Oh, strange. And uh, I remember playing it, and I don't know. Like, there's just something. It's just something so kind of innately likable about it. Um, mm. it, I think it's just because I can see what they were kind of trying to do with it. It's kind of a, a bit kind of proto kind of the first level, especially kind of a bit proto kind of road rashy and the way that you've got to kind of like kick people off and you get turbos and, and things like that. But that, like that, that music is what I think of when somebody says like chase music, like mm. that theme is, is chase music. Anytime I'm in a situation in my life where I've got like a deadline or I have to run for something, that's the first piece of music I always hear. Every single time, like I nearly, I nearly missed a flight once. I was flying from like, uh, I was flying from, uh, I had to do Manchester to Heathrow, and then Heathrow to Beirut, and then Beirut to Jordan, and uh, my Manchester one got delayed. So I got to Heathrow, and it was at a different terminal, and I had to run for like 15 minutes through security across this terminal onto a bus through another security, and all I could think of was like the Outrun Europa music. That's the only thing that was that first level, and uh, I got it eventually. Um, and I ended up, like I say, in a very dramatic fashion, like slamming my papers down on the desk and saying, I'm here, don't worry. And the guy was like, we've got another 15 minutes here. But uh, <laughs> Driven by yeah, that theme. Purely, purely that, that any time, like I say, I have to run anywhere or there's any kind of theme or deadline. I just, I can't help but think that that music kind of uh, perfectly sums it up. But it's a game I've played loads. I run, it's a game I've never properly kind of finished, like uh, legitimately. It's something mm. that I'm going to have to hear. Uh, I'm going to have to address that because it is a, it is a fantastic little game. But um, I just, yeah, I love how kind of quirky and cookie it is. And I think you'll find on 
the, the channel that I do. I do a lot of kind of quite popular games, but I, I don't know. I just love doing Master System games because it's the first kind of console I saved up and bought. And But also yeah. as well, because like you haven't got a massive amount of, do you know what I mean, space to work with. Like, And so, so many of those games just so innately kind of cookie in their own little way. Do you know what I mean? You've got so many little gameplay devices or bits of music or bits of just random bits of music music scores there's there's one on him i think i did a couple of uh week 50 odd i did the kung fu kid on the uh, master system yeah. and there was like three martial artsy games that came out on the master system all at the same point it was kung fu kid the ninja and, and black belt yeah and uh the music in kung fu kid's unbelievable but there's an underwater level where <laughs> like the music sounds like stairway to heaven it's ridiculous it's so <laughs> ambitious like the rest of it's quite plinky and eight bit and then this do you know what I mean? This massive moving like eight-bit soundscape comes in out of nowhere on this on this underwater level. And I just remember thinking at the time that is ambitious, and it's it's like the the master that that sums up the master system perfectly for me. It's just kind of simple games with kind of gameplay bits and bits that just make you go, oh, no way. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's hear it. This is actually from stage one. It's the motorcycle theme from Outrun Europa on the Master System by Matt Furness.
So that's from Outrun Europa, Probe Software's stab at Outrun for the Sega Master System. Uh, always like the fact that uh, the working title for that game was Outrun Europe, uh, but then they decided to make it all exotic and fancy at the <laughs> last minute by changing it to Outrun Europa. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so probably I think the most recent Master System game you've tackled on One Credit Classics, your YouTube channel, is Transbot. Oh, beautiful! I remember the name. I know very little. I, I, I'm going to. Uh, I'm assuming it's a craft that goes from something like walking robot to flying ship. I may have seen some footage of it in the past. No, it's gender neutral. No, seriously, oh. it is like. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> it is. A, yeah, you can go from there. From a, a kind of ship to a, a robot and then back yeah. to a ship. It's just, it's one of the games, it's one of the uh, few Mass System games that came out on two formats on the same console. So it came out on cartridge and on card. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Because right. you remember the Mark, the, the, the Mark 1 European uh, Master Systems that came out had that card input slot at the yeah. uh, at kind of the front. Uh, yeah, I was the, no, I, that just confused me. Even as a, whatever, however old, I was like 18 when the Master System came out over here. Maybe, no, slightly younger. And I was just like, cards or carts? I don't know why. why. Yeah, just exactly. Sell me one thing. <laughs> I mean, I understood discs and tapes, but cards and carts was a whole. Yeah, strange. Yeah. Very strange. Well, but the, the really strange thing with the Mass System one was like with, with Transport is that like uh, they're both basically the same, to be honest. I don't like from, from what I can gather. Okay. I read all this stuff on the internet about because the card one hasn't got an ending. It just loops endlessly. Okay. So the it. cards were smaller, presumably. Yeah. The carts, yeah, quite, they're quite less... Quite a bit smaller, yeah. But yeah. but the thing that got me was like, that from I read all this stuff and everybody said, oh, there's an ending on the cartridge version, and then I found it and played it, and it's exactly the same. Like there isn't at all. I imagine there might be kind of a like because it loops endlessly, so there's probably like um like different like loop levels kind of near the end. Um, but like uh, you have to select kind of the right weapon to blow this certain thing up that lets you do an underground level where you fight like the end boss, which is just. Uh, an ATST walker from Star Wars. Yeah, oh, I remember that screenshot. That was like a, a, a heavily used promotional uh, item. Was the was the Transbot screenshot with, yeah. the, with the Scout Walker? And I do remember thinking, I remember thinking, looking at that screenshot and thinking, those graphics look better than anything I've seen on the NES. Yeah, and and you beat that, and then it just it, you get like a little explosion, and then you go up to the surface, and then it starts again, and you have to do just just kind of carry on playing. Classic. So which version did you one cc? Was that I the... the card version? Um, but I had a look at the cartridge version, and like I say, I, I read a load of stuff. Oh, there's an ending. There isn't. It's just exactly. Uh, oh, okay. It's exactly the same. Um, but so like you just I say, stop. Yeah, I just did. I I got to about on score wise. I got to about. I got without. I to say without really trying. Like I got. I got a one life kind of loop, and then um, like I I ended up with about hundred and ten thousand. It's one of those things where I was like, I then went on randomly went on a. a uh, research and mission about it, and uh, I saw the high, the world record high score was only five hundred thousand. I was like, "Hang mm. sec!" Like, I, I, just, I just thought to myself, like, "Yeah, I just thought to myself, I could. I'm sure I could put a block of time together and get my uh, transport game down." But, uh, but, but yeah, that did uh, that did interest me a little bit. But, but yeah, it's one of those one of those games that sold a lot of copies because it was so cheap. Because the card, the card. Um, Games themselves were like in the the region of about ten pounds. I seem to remember ten or fifteen. Wow! And even then, Master System games were twenty five, thirty, forty yeah. in that neighbourhood. So, like, to be able to get one, um, there was like I say, there was a couple of games that came out on uh, on the card format, um, and they, they they were inevitably quite popular. Just like you say, because like thirty less of an outlay. Yeah, yeah, forty quid a lot of money. Mm. 
Yes, it was. It was then. It was even more of a lot of money then. I was yeah, just recollecting the other day how I think the first game I spent £49.99 on was Madden 92 on the Mega Drive. Wow. And that felt like an inordinate amount of money in, in 1991. Uh, I guess I was probably earning the equivalent of like, I don't know what, what I would have been earning actually, like maybe... £2.50 an hour or £3 an hour or something in a burger bar. Um, yeah, so that would have been a huge outlay. But uh, I didn't yeah, I didn't particularly regret it. But the fact that I can still remember it um, and I'm probably less likely, apart from in a very, you know, rare exceptions of day one in certain games that come out now, I'm, I'm, it's unlikely that I'll spend £49.99 yeah, a game same. these days. Um, I think, you know, I will spend... There's, there's, there's the odd thing that I, you know, I want, need early doors no, I, and, I, and it'll I be 42 three pound but but um but the, yeah the whole... I, paid for, I paid 47 the other day for a, a monster hunter good, and, good uh, shout i just it's phenomenal isn't it but i just remember thinking like at the time do you know what i mean like i just didn't this feels like a lot of money like now this yeah. feels like a lot of money and i remember but actually it's it so much in that game and like oh you know, yeah compared to what we were paying for obviously you know it's on a disc or, or or a download as opposed to a cartridge which had manufacturing costs but yeah the price of games has absolutely plummeted in real terms and the development costs have spiraled in the other direction yeah. so it it quite it does go a long way to explaining why there are uh, microtransactions and loot boxes and all these things because otherwise yeah games wouldn't be where they are so yeah consumer choice and all that uh so next up we have another request and uh, i know you'll have something to say about this game after we hear the track but the request is from mike Leddy, and he says the original shining force soundtrack has some of my most cherished songs of all there are literally too many to choose from battle 2 is the one i find to be pretty much the most iconic track of any game but this Battle 3 track is such a brilliant track, it's hard to ignore. So what I've done, just for you, Mike, is we're going to listen to Battle 2 and Battle 3 as a sort of medley, courtesy of our editor, Jay Taylor. Thanks, Jay. And uh, yeah, so this is Masahiko Yoshimura with Shining Force, The Legacy of Great Intentions, Battle 2 and Battle 3.
Speaking of 1992 and the Mega Drive, that's when that was from Climax Entertainment and Sonic Software Planning, not to be confused with Sonic Team, although obviously to be confused with Sonic Team. I mean, what was <laughs> Sega doing at this point? It's very <laughs> confusing. Um, yeah, for the Mega Drive. So Shining Force, I know as well as on uh, on your channel. This is uh, my guest, Ben Cartledge, with uh, with his One Credit Classics, fantastic YouTube channel. Um, you've, as well as doing achievements and feats and One Credit runs, you also do some long plays and things like that. Is Shining Force, is this the actual one that you've played or is it a different Shining Force No, this Force is entry? the one. This is the one. Yeah, this is the one. The single, the single longest... Uh, kind of project i've ever undertaken really for yeah. the channel i did it in um uh 21 parts i think and they're all kind of all around about an hour kind of long they're all in uh, one big playlist on the Beautiful. channel uh, and i tried to minimize the amount of uh kind of grinding that i did but with role play games <laughs> at that time you kind of have to really yeah um but but yeah it's it's kind of so weird one shining force is because i went from master system to snares and uh i missed all those great Mega Drive mm. role play games of the early nineties, the the mm. fancy stars and the shining forces. And yeah. I had a friend I went to school at the time who was super into him and like I'm still friends with him now. And around about kind of when we all went off to university, uh, he was he kept talking about like Shining Force. And I remember uh, later on, in about two thousand, I got a uh, I had a Dreamcast and uh, my brother got this uh, really random uh, Mega Drive emulation disc for it. So we could play all these Mega Drive. I know. So we could play all these. Not only could we play all these Mega Drive games, but you could save them as well on the VMU, which was just uh, insane to me. Madness. I know, right? It was like witchcraft. Um, And a and a a kind of good friend of mine who um, who kind of once again I'm still friends with now um, came around uh, uh, came around my house one evening and we were going to play like uh, something fairly contemporary for kind of whenever it was 2001. I showed him this Mega Drive thing. He said, "Oh, we should play Shining Force. We should get a game going." And I was like, "Oh, go on then." And uh, we had like two battles, and uh, I was just hooked. I think we put most of the night into it, and then um, it just started from there, really. And then, I, and then um, I beat kind of uh, on that Dreamcast. I beat Shining Force One and and uh, uh, and Shining Force Two, and then uh, not long after that, I remember I bought a Saturn because um, they were like ridiculously cheap then. I bought one out of the paper for about thirty quid and just started nice. stockpiling all these games. Yeah, and. Uh, I went to my local kind of second-hand video game shop and they had Shining Force 3. Yeah. Oh, I was going to mention this because this is a heartbreaker, really. Oh, I'm, not, I'm probably still not over it, to be honest with you. Shining but, Force Part 1 Yeah, uh, part came one. out. Yeah, Part 1 of 3. Yeah. Ugh. And I, I, I guess there are... Now, Saturn emulation is notoriously difficult due to its quirky architecture. Uh, I understand that there are some functioning Saturn emulators out there now uh, after a fashion, but I don't know uh, what what performance is like and i don't know if there are fan english translations I think there of are s- of, two, of two and three two yeah and three so what you could so you could back to back the trilogy now yeah and carry be, your saves over as, as a, per a, a, a phenomenal achievement i do just that. <laughs> i just it's the thing like i, I just i, ne- I never because like you're talking pre-internet do you know what i mean so i never knew like and there wasn't that much coverage of the saturn at that point and you've got to think i'm getting this like yeah. quite late as well so i'm getting this in like 2000 ish and i just as soon as I saw Shining Force 3, on nowhere on the box did it say part one. Of course it, it just, didn't. It just said Shining Force 3. Yeah. And I remember just playing it and just loving it and, and the characters were amazing and, and like uh, the weapon customization was amazing and all the special attacks were amazing and I was like, this is one of the greatest games I've ever played. And I got right to the end and uh, you, you beat like the the Colossus bit and it sets and it ends on like a cliffhanger and then it said like uh, 
to be continued in, in scenario two. And I was like, so not what? And I remember I was at, uh, uh, I was at university at, at the time and, and, uh, they had obviously the internet, like in its primitive kind of form. And I, mm. uh, went into the computer, went into the computer library at dinner time and I went onto whatever it was like Lycos or something and put Shining Force three part two. And I just read this article that said that it was, wasn't going to get a UK release. It just ruined me for weeks. Do you know what I mean? It was like it was like a terrible breakup you didn't see coming. It was just awful. I was just moping around like uh, like do you know what I mean? Like an absolute idiot for ages because just thought to myself like, what's going on? I didn't I, I didn't know how to deal with it. And then um, and then a friend of mine, quite randomly, uh, for my birthday like that year, bought me Shining the Holy Ark, which yeah. was uh, made by which was more in the vein of Shining the Darkness, which was yeah, the old, Dungeon Master. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that kind of game. Yeah, yeah Eye of the Beholder. Yeah, a dungeon crawler type, which yeah. which Shining the Darkness, which was the first of the Shining series, was was like that. And I remember I really loved uh, really loved that as well, uh, Shining the Darkness. But yeah, like the, those games are just uh, absolutely phenomenal. Like Shining Force, the 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 one from that with that amazing song and and uh, that. It's just so timeless. When I did it on the did it for the channel, like it wasn't just every every recording was an absolute joy. Like I couldn't wait to hear, I couldn't wait to kind of hear, I couldn't wait to get down and, and record some more. And, and I, I, the crazy thing as well was it was the, the biggest project I've ever done in terms of mm. like space because of before I uh, converted all the files in terms of like made them into kind of episodes, I had nearly a terabyte of uh, of like gameplay. Do you know what I mean? There's about 24 hours worth. Because it records the software I use records is everything with the vocal track into AVI files, so they're uncompressed. So I had, like I say, like a terabyte full of Shining Force, basically. <laughs> Any is, thoughts to uh, bridge the gap with a Shining Force Two, which is fairly easily e- easily playable on emulation, isn't it? Yeah, Mega Drive sequel. It's it's like in terms of long plays. There's a few things I want to do. Um, I wouldn't mind. I, I'm I'm toying with what to do for this season. Uh, somebody, a good friend of mine, suggested doing. Um, kind of a different kind of thing, but doing Super Mario Kart on the snares and doing a video every week and doing a different cup, like all the way up. So do like, a, yeah, all ten of them. Um, gets gets really. I mean, God, talk about talk about games. You know, pad chuckers and yeah, exactly. And, uh, I, reckon, oh. I reckon I could do it, but I, I, I yeah. it would take a bit of it. It would take a bit of time. But if that talk doesn't happen, luck, RNG. yeah, a, a lot of it is, yeah. But if that doesn't happen, kind of, I'm completely torn between. Shining Force Two and Secret of Mana. To be honest with you, mm. those those are the two that I have to. Uh, those are the two that I constantly think to myself. It'd be amazing to do a uh, to do a long play on either of those. So with, with the longer games, as I'm sure you probably imagine, like it comes more to the kind of timing really, and and freeing up a big enough block of time to kind of do it. So like what I have to try and do is to to get really far ahead with uh, the channel yeah. and with recording, and then dedicate like a block of time to try and record all this stuff but um but yeah i'd love to do like i say shining force 2 or secret of mana those are probably if i'm being honest those are probably two of my top three or top four role play games of all time really well this segues very nicely so we have a secret mana uh, podcast coming up in uh we're recording in july it's coming out in august uh so the game will be uh 25 years old at that point wow. i believe uh 1993 yes we're moving on another year um now at the time of recording which is mid-february 2018 the remake 
has just started to be reviewed. The PS4 and Vita game, uh, it's been completely sort of redone. It's not a, it's not an HD remake because obviously that would be just the 2D game. There is that that is available as as an emulated collection by M2 in Japan, but they haven't seen fit to bring that over here. So instead, we get this slightly odd-looking remake, which uh, the reviews have been mixed so far. Um, and uh, it seems to be causing a certain amount of consternation among fans. Uh, I, I was listening to some of the music, the rearranged music, and I don't hate it, but it, <laughs> I think they've made some weird choices with instrumentation. It's odd listening. I don't think the abs- you know the absolute majesty of Hiroki Kik- uh, Kikuta's original work is lost at all. They haven't. I don't think they've like betrayed th- the majesty of his work or anything like that. But uh, I think some people will because because the instrumentation choices are odd and or, or unexpected. I would say it's worth checking out just to see what you unexpected. Think. I think is quite accurate. You know what yeah. I mean? it's, it's, it's it's always going to be strange or something like that. Some Metallica did that big concert with that orchestra. I mean, I, I like Master <laughs> of Puppets, but there's a dude with an oboe there. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like I don't I don't get which, which I'm kind of I'm kind of pulled in many directions, and I think that's the thing I've got with this. I think as well yeah. the problem with the Secret Mana soundtrack is that. Every song uh, of that entire soundtrack plays such a key part in the development of that story. And at that point, like every every different song kind of has a particularly different uh, different place in my heart, really. I think, and I think that's that's the thing. It's always going to be it's always going to be hard, isn't it, to try <laughs> to try yeah. from my point of view to, for to try and kind of replicate something like that. Yeah. So tell us about uh, a wish. This is the one you've picked for for us to listen to today. What is it about this one that uh, stands out? It's a, it's at that phenomenal point in in the game when you kind of get that overriding sense of kind of not freedom because the game's linear in some respects, but um, it's the bit where you're in kind of the the, the big the big kind of crystal forest and uh, mm. it, it, it's it's kind of really the, the the song's really really kind of serene. There's kind of a real majesty to it, um, but it's it's at that point where the whole game kind of feels quite limitless. Do you know what I mean? There's there's so many kind of possibilities. And the thing for, for me was it like the Secret of Mana soundtrack was one of the first soundtracks that I had on any kind of uh, music device. I had it on an old uh, an old iPod uh, years mm-hmm. ago, about 2013. Yeah. And I um uh, I went to um uh, Japan for a couple of days with uh, with me other line of work and uh, the the evening before I went home I w- I was just I went out for a bit of a walk and it was like quite dark and obviously I'm dead jet lagged, so I don't know what day it is and and uh, I remember just I got outside and I walked down and there was just all these like neon lights and all these streets and everything was moving really quickly and my iPod just that song came on and I remember just looking up at the stars for ages it must it felt like ages like the whole song finished I must have been standing there in one spot for like three minutes but I just don't remember kind of it was really weird to try and describe it I just almost don't remember thinking about anything else like it was that that was all that was that was kind of happening at that point and I, I do think to myself like that like that that strange sense of kind of complete serenity is is, is i don't know it's, it's just kind of as you get older i think moments like that become more and more and more sparse really but i think like that every time i hear when i heard that song at the time it just it just filled me full of a sense of limitless possibilities really and i think like that that all happened at once when i was like do you know what I mean? Just on my own in the streets of Japan somewhere, looking up at kind of the stars. I remember thinking to myself, how have I even got here? And I think that that kind of it kind of it all kind of contributed to that that 
big sense of, of what I was feeling at that point. And even now to this day, like I, if I ever hear that song, I always just stop what I'm doing. It's, it's one of those rare pieces of music that has the ability to make me just stop and, and think. And like, there's, there's, a, there's a, so many great what's it, covers as well. Like there's a lot of piano covers of this, which you might imagine are, are really kind of really good. But there's just something about that, that kind of, it's just so perfectly mid nineties, like how, how kind of Cynthia is, but, but at the same token, how it's kind of, strangely quite kind of haunting as well i think it's just yeah it's it's just a phenomenal piece of music for me From Seiken Densetsu 2, better known to us as Secret of Mana, or Mana, depending on how you say it. Hiroki Kakuta is the composer. As I say, you can hear that music reworked in the current version, which is uh, available now or very soon on PS4 and Vita. Or you could rediscover the magic of the original. Probably, I, I can't remember if it, I don't think, is it one of the games that comes on the SNES Classic? Yes, Mini? It, is. it is. Okay. It is. Which is uh, good because I mean yes. you can get one of them now for about ninety yeah. quid, and you'd probably They've pay ninety quid. Stock. Yeah, you'd probably yeah. pay ninety quid for a good cartridge oh, yeah. version yeah. of Secret Mana. For sure, very expensive. Yeah, so hopefully a lot of people will be rediscovering that. As I say, the Switch version, although uh, I think the the console itself is region free, the Switch, so you could play it if you had an understanding of Japanese. The issue being that with uh, M2's emulation work, there is that of course it collects. Uh, second Dense, it's two and three, and three never got an official UK release. So although there are fan translations in existence, uh, the uh, Square have seen fit not to bring that over, yeah. um, which is a shame. I, th- I I think, or maybe they just don't want it to tread on on this uh, remake, which they maybe feel will be slightly more appealing to modern audiences because it has sort of slightly you know more contemporary looking hd graphics but i think they should uh, maybe just bring it out digitally the the two and three collection over here or even just 
split them up and just give us the original or the original the previous you know the second game in the series secret of mana as a digital download as emulated by m2 especially in the absence of the virtual console yeah exactly yet on switch so uh anyway there are many options to play this i really hope that you do your uh your long play through it and you know if if it all comes together hopefully we can uh we can cross promote with uh with our podcast uh, <laughs> later in the year. excellent so moving forward yet one more year we're still on the super nintendo this is a request from jobo bonobo from the forum who says the level this plays in stop and go station is a dingy cave with thick fog and enemies called rock crocs which rapidly pace back and forth and only stay still when you hit a barrel with stop written on it then they curl up into a ball and now you can run past them but you need to be quick before the barrel goes from stop to go and they will rush into you their glowing red eyes add to their malevolent appearance and only appear in this level accompanying this is some of the most genuinely unsettling music i've heard in a video game it is oppressive bleak and beautiful in the atmosphere of hopelessness it engenders in you this belongs in a Silent Hill title, not a silly game about monkeys getting their bananas back from crocodile people. While some may not think the graphics of DKC are as impressive as they once were, many would agree that the music has aged wonderfully. This piece in particular is still as spine-tingling as it was when I first played this over 15 years ago. This is Misty Menace from Donkey Kong Country. Nineteen ninety four's Donkey Kong Country, renamed to Super Donkey Kong in Japan, which I always rather liked. Uh, David Wise's Misty Menace. Uh, 
Now, that's probably not a game that you could easily do on one credit classics, Ben, because uh, basically it's a game. It's a it's a long, long game of Mm. multi, multi levels, and you can effectively just rack up hundreds of lives. So while it's a a notoriously challenging game, particularly to get the 101 percent complete on and even more so. Diddy's Conquest, the second one, 103%, I think you can get on that one. But to one credit it, you would be looking at an inordinately long video, I think, unless you sort of speed run it. You'd have to either, you'd have to do it multi-part, really, and split it up into kind of worlds and do it that way. Um, Mm. Which would, to be fair, that would be quite, uh, that'd be quite entertaining. Anything that's longer than like an hour, maybe, I look at at thinking like it's going to be harder to kind of... uh, like not keep focus but like it, it gets to the point where like the, the, it's got to be something special if it's going to be that long like like uh, come back to this all the time but like super ghouls and ghosts i want to say was an hour and 10 minutes or something yeah. but it's just people accept that that's an exceptionally long video game and an exceptionally difficult one so that's like i kind of gets a pass in a lot of respects but i think in, yeah if you're looking longer than that then i would probably look at um uh, yeah, splitting it up. Uh, it'd be good though. I think it's. A, I think that's a great suggestion for multi-parts. It's going to be added to the list. I think. Um, yeah. I do think that uh, it's it's another one of those games that a lot of people have got a lot of uh, kind of good memories of. And oh, I think yes. I think for me as well, like a big thing was it was the the title that made me think that this isn't on a SNES, is it? I think everybody says that, but it's so true. Uh, and mm. the, the soundtrack as well. Um, I mean, that song's phenomenal. The one, I, the song I always think of when I think of uh, Donkey Kong Country is the water level. Um, I can't remember what it's called, like aquatic ambience or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just like effortless. It's so effervescently uh, phenomenal. Um, and it's, uh, I remember at the time saying a similar thing, like that just kind of, it showed me that that kind of game music could mean way more than just something that was on while the game was playing. It, it interweaves into what you're trying to achieve with the game so kind of perfectly. And that's a big strength of the Donkey Kong Country franchise for me, the, the music tells that story perfectly yeah so donkey kong trilogy added to <laughs> added to the list i'm, I'm saying all three of them yeah even the, back to back. the sometimes maligned last one uh which i never actually played dixie uh diddy and dixie yeah i don't think that's late in the snes's run though surely at that it point. was yeah yeah and i think uh people felt that they kind of you know they they kind of arguably topped donkey kong country with the second game yeah Diddy's conquest and then then the third one was like a a, a trilogy completer but i'm sure it has its uh exponents uh, we you know we one of the things we always stress on Kane and rinse is that whatever the franchise whatever the series every installment in it is somebody's favorite exactly it, it might be that more people say you know we're covering covering resident evil at the moment a lot of people will say two a lot of people will say four some people will say six and it's the same with Zelda. Some people will say Zelda too, even though Josh hated it so much he couldn't even finish the thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> tried to one credit Zelda two yet? Not uh, that it's I, really a credit game. I, I, the thing with Zelda two that gets me is like uh, I love how glitchy it is when you watch the when you watch the um, you watch the the speed run stuff of it, and it's like uh, you can do it in like whatever it is, like three minutes or something, because you can just fall through sections of like stuff like that where it's like I, I get speed running where it's. Um, certain mechanics that you can exploit in order to quickly kill a boss or something like that but yeah. like some of the speed runs that i've seen for like i saw one for a pokemon game ages ago and it was like uh, you had to do this mechanic where you had to fly and then cancel and then fly and then cancel and then you had to use like the the um on the poker tech thing you get the different apps you had yeah. to use the uh, the pedometer app 
and you had to go like 5,000 steps south and then so many and you do all these steps and then you press this button to cancel what you're doing with the bike and you get off and you're in the uh, you're in the last room where the thingy says well done on winning the beating the elite four <laughs> yeah. and you just speak to him and the game ends like stuff like that's crazy i can only imagine figuring it trying to trying to yeah. figure that kind it's of like stuff out it's like when you watch it's like when you watch these speed runs of ocarina of time now where they you know the the whole thing if you're doing an any percent run and and you know you can do there are obviously legitimate records where you do uh you do no glitches but actually the the real world records are the ones where you hop backwards everywhere and you find the gaps in the scenery yeah, exactly. that actually trigger later points in the story and all this stuff and obviously one one of the things that uh i like about your channel is that you're not going down this path now i i, I actually enjoy all that stuff that game breaking stuff and the speed running stuff but i don't think you know i'd, I'd I don't think we should lose sight of playing games properly. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I like think I'd, there's room for both. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I'd put, I'd, I wouldn't feel comfortable putting like a, a heavily glitch run like that out as like a weekly content. Like I'd probably put it out as bonus content. Like if I had a bit too much stuff, it's yeah, nice right. to, to put a bit of a bit of. It's like a, it's the equivalent of a DVD extra, isn't it? It's something that you're not really. That's not what you're tuning in for. But it's nice, like when you yeah. finish watching the thing, to think, oh, we'll have a look at that. Um, yeah, and that that's that's yeah, but that that stuff does crack me up. Like I saw somebody did a Super Mario World run the other week. Uh, any percent? Oh yeah, oh, did you see that Fastest one? Was on, ever. Under yeah. a minute. Yes. Just, <laughs> it was craziness, but yeah. Yeah, I, that's where you actually you get the game to uh, you sort of get the game to. Oh, I don't even understand. It's I, too I complicated. Read, but I, you get it to run on a sort of a program within itself yeah, to confuse exactly. itself or some craziness i read it about five times and then tried to explain it to somebody i was working with and couldn't and i was like no i, no. I don't get this i'll be honest with you this is a bit yeah. too uh, it's a bit too hacker man for me yeah but i bet you know i bet that guy couldn't well i was gonna say i bet that guy couldn't do all 96 exits legitimately but he probably could yeah he probably could i bet he couldn't beat ghouls and ghosts mate that's what i fall back on now <laughs> that's like <laughs> yeah you've got that one forever yeah, that's, I that's, mean. that's in the that's in the holster that is that's not going anywhere i guess bored no. out at work parties all kinds of stuff <laughs> no and this actually will this will raise the specter again for for us on cane and rinse because one of the stipulations that i put in as part of our manifesto early on was that we would complete every game that we covered in full um there have been a few exceptions for for various reasons either uh you know hardware meltdowns or or whatever else and and we have you know we have come a cropper for uh well i don't i don't have come a cropper's right but we have you know we have used uh save states and stuff for certain games before and we completely we're always completely transparent about yeah, that and sure. there is a whole discussion to be had like you know, it, it's either that or we never, you know, we don't, we're not, you know, not all as good as you. So we might not finish the game or we might just think, well, if we haven't got that option, we might never even schedule the podcast in. Yeah, so do exactly. you want the podcast about the game or do you want us to say, well, that's probably too hard. So, for instance, later this year, Ben is going to be joining us for two separate podcasts because we think they're they're worth it. Uh, one on Ghosts and Goblins and one on Ghouls and Ghosts. So we Phenomenal. will have somebody with us who has... Uh, completely completed these games completely legitimately in fact more than um, so the rest of us you know may or may not have to you'll be fine to trust me. hacking <laughs> cheating <laughs> we'll see you'll be fine and at least i'll have your 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 coaching and your videos yeah, for, you for reference um a bit of stage council that's yeah. what you need i see i'm I'll, I'll be at that stage where i'm kind of a I'm kind of past that. I'll be like the hologram of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'll just be there like for when, whenever you turn yeah. around. I'll be like, there you go. Use the last your feelings. There you go. Yeah. Use yeah, the well, I hope can. so. <laughs> I mean, you know, my, I would, 
absolutely love you know, as uh, as as uh, you know, forty five year old to be able to finally tick those games off my list and know that I had done it without save states or whatever. But mm. I would rather play through them and talk about them for two hours having seen the whole game yeah, yeah. and because no, I'll still know where my natural limit would have been you know I'll know how far I got I know how far I've got in them before which is uh, something like halfway so uh, you'll we'll do see girl, you'll do girls and ghosts trust me like it's yeah. just it's just it's just putting a bit of time in that's all it is yeah. you'll be fine good stuff I'm looking forward to it uh, and we'll talk girls and ghosts a bit more momentarily but uh, next track uh, we're skipping forward another year to 1995 a different generation of systems this is actually going to be the saturn uh, arrangement of condition reflex from sega rally uh, and I, I didn't think about this until uh, just now genuinely but uh, this is as good a place as any to say it so we recently covered uh, tetsuya mizuguchi's res of course which is a game he made uh, six years after sega rally and we were very pleased this week because he is friendly with uh, kai fukami taylor jay's wife and he did retweet our, our podcast awesome. uh, tweet earlier this week so we got a few new followers and hopefully a few new listeners uh, that's some awesome. japanese and some worldwide so yeah i don't know if he's actually listened to it um he does speak english uh so he he may have given it a try i don't know but um we've had good feedback for that show anyway and uh and yeah ms uh, ms is basically a friend of the show now so uh yes so that's that's one in our that's one in our holster but that's uh, phenomenal away from that away from all that uh, self-aggrandizing Sega Rally Championship 1995. What a game. Uh, for many, many years, a lot of people, you know, kind of argued it as one of, if not the greatest arcade style racing game ever made. And um, I think it's fair to say it does look its age a bit now. It's over 20 years yeah, yeah. old. Uh, you, you look at it now, particularly the Saturn version, which is uh, slightly lower res and doesn't have transparencies on the windows and stuff. And it does look... Uh, it does look its age, but the feel of it is still pretty magnificent, and the, the the compulsion to shave off those hundredths of a second of time is still there when you pick it up, right? Yeah, it's, it's like I say, I, I had um, yeah, two thousand ish. I had I had a Saturn, and it was one of those games that was was you could just pick up for nothing, like literally. I remember there was a, there was a second hand shop not not far from me up in town, and uh, when I bought the Saturn, I used to go up. Uh, it wasn't far from university, so I'd go to university and then I'd go up to town uh, and check check the shops. And I remember going in the second hand shop, and they had uh, Street Fighter Alpha Two box, brand new, mint, like four quid. Are you thinking this is in two thousand, which is just insane? Um, One of the great things about being a late adopter is that uh, that joy of oh, just 100%. getting yourself bundles of awesome games yeah, for, for very 20, little for twenty box. quid, just getting your bag full of stuff. But I remember yeah. um, I. Uh, this is just so random but i bought um it was that street fighter 2 that i bought it looked like literally brand new it was it was uh, boxed up and uh, i got it home and i opened it up and uh, there was um street fighter alpha 2 obviously a big thick instruction manual and there was sega rally in the instruction manual so somebody had traded yeah somebody had traded it in and just left that in there and I hadn't even, I didn't have it and i hadn't planted it It was such a just an absolute yeah just a bonus and uh, the crazy thing was, right, was this was one of the, I mean, there was probably games before this. It was one of the first ones I remember of uh, being able to put that disc into just a CD player and it would play all the tracks off the... Yeah, uh, Red Book Audio, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- there were a lot of games in this era uh, that, that did that PS1 and Saturn. Yeah, yeah I just I just remember this was probably one of the first ones that I ever did that with. And yeah. uh, I just, like, the thing with, with like, 
it's like like TV music. If you ever listen to TV themes, right? If you listen to the full version, you never hear the full version unless mm. they've got twenty guest stars and they have an extended credit scene. Do you know what I mean? You never you never yes. see like you never hear the three minute version of uh, the Equalizer or something. But like, um, but what Segarelli was the same. Like you never hear the four minute four minute mm. fifty eight version of the Desert theme. Yeah, unless you're really bad at the game. Unless you're really bad at the game, you turn the timer <laughs> off and you're just sitting there listening to it. And yeah. uh, the the whole song is incredible. Like it's just it's that it's just that Japanese video game metal that I just love. That's like that's yeah. what Thunder Force Four should have sounded like in the guy's head mm. who wrote it. Dead obviously, he sat down. Oh, he sure, sat down yeah. there and tried to come up with something like that. Um, if you if you see that video of um, uh, what's his name, uh, Vertex guy Chris Klein, who plays the Contra theme. When they play it to um, the guy who wrote the theme, like he he says, like uh, this is what I had in my head when oh nice when I, I wrote this. That. I know you can you imagine like uh, and th- like cigarette like that music is is incredible. But the last the last like minute and a half of that song with all that synth is mm. just it's dangerously fast. Do you know what I mean? I challenge mm. anybody to drive responsibly uh, with that uh, with that as end kind of soundtrack. You, you physically can't. It snowed not far from uh, far from us quite recently these last couple of months. My yeah. friend, uh, my friend Dave works up at a school and he's got a um, he's got a BMW Z3 and uh, he lives about six miles away, seven miles away from the school. And uh, he was like, "Oh, it's taken me ages to get home." He said, "All these cars are like struggling." And uh, and uh, he goes, "I really worried about I might get snowed in here." And uh, I, we were on like uh, Messenger, and I sent him the Sega Rally music. I said, "Here you go, use this responsibly. You'll be fine." <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he got home fine. He drove it all sideways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he got home across his driveway. It said game over. But but yeah, um, it's I, I can't do anything responsibly while listening to that song. I try to, but then just that bit with the synth at the end just takes just melts the frontal lobes of my head. It takes me straight to warp speed. I can't uh, I can't I can't escape it. It's a phenomenal soundtrack, but that is just. It's just uh, if I'm ever on, I, I had this a couple of weeks ago when I was, when I was at the gym and I was listening to all these like uh, I was coming I, I did like I didn't do that I did about maybe half an hour forty minutes on a treadmill and I was like coming to the end where I usually try and cool down a little bit and this came on and I thought I've, I've knackered this now I've got five minutes on this treadmill I'm going to do it all dead fast like <laughs> I can't like I can't do a cool down with the end of that song on I physically can't I nearly fell off the yeah, treadmill it's the wrong song fast, and then and then got home and, and passed out and all my clothes but i mean like it's just those are the prices you've got to pay if you're prepared to listen to a to, to japanese video game metal of that caliber <laughs>
Sega Rally Championship 1995 Condition Reflex. That's the satin arrangement. Uh, so the original from the coin-up is by Takanobu uh, Mitsuyoshi, of course. The uh, home version is uh, arranged by Naofumi Hataya. And uh, yeah, the original is uh, because it was... I don't know what chip, uh, what sound chip was in that machine, but it, it was much more MIDI sounding. So they obviously used uh, some authentic instruments or better, you know, better sounding instruments for the home version, as was often the case back then. Plenty of games got that arranged treatment. Doesn't really work like that now, uh, partly because of the whole arcades situation. But, um, actually, you do still get a. Um, like when you buy an Arc System Works fighting game like a Guilty Gear or Blaze Blue, they tend to have a different intro for the arcade version and the home version. Yeah. And they often the home version will often include both on the discs. So there is still some of that sort of uh, legacy with certain Japanese releases uh, because arcades are still game centers, as they call them, are still a pretty big deal over there, uh, which is nice. Now, our penultimate track today is from the previous year again. We're rewinding one. This is requested by Kerosene Blast from the forum, who says one of my favourite games is Luna 2 Eternal Blue. Composed by Noriyuki Iwadare, this soundtrack is just fantastic, complementing a great fantasy JRPG and setting a light-hearted tone for the game. Unlike most games which simply loop the music on the soundtrack, each piece has a conclusion that gives a nice finish to each track. The track Dragon Ship Destiny plays on the overworld when you received your world-travelling ship and is one of my favourites from the game, setting you up for an exciting adventure. I hope it gets re-released someday, like its predecessor, Luna Silver Star Story. This is Dragon Ship Destiny.
from Luna 2 Eternal Blue, a JRPG series I'm less familiar with by Game Arts. Uh, my, I guess my Game Arts knowledge only really stretches as far as Grandia. Uh, that uh, Luna game was on the Sega CD originally. I think there was a, yeah, Luna Silver Star came to PS1. A series you know anything about, Ben? Luna and its ilk? I can't say that I've played uh, too much, to be honest. Um, game Arts Working Designs, I seem to, I want to say Working Designs did Dragon Force that came out on the Sega Saturn. They did the translation, yeah, yeah. I think. Because I remember so, it, that, yeah. that was another, I talked about the second hand shop earlier that had all the Saturn games. I bought a copy of Dragon Force from that very cool second hand shop. It's phenomenal, yeah, I loved it. For a. Yeah. Uh, that was quite for some stupid sum like seven ninety nine. Yeah, I re- yeah. I kind of quite liked the fact it was a uh, the the kind of battley the kind of group battley elements of it. it reminded me of a uh, of the the Sukaden series on the on the the PS one where you had the elements yeah, right. where it mixed yeah. traditional role play gaming with the kind of strategy battle uh, elements of it. But um, but yeah, there's, there was a that kind of house made a lot of a uh, yeah an awful lot of really good JRPGs around about that time. Yeah, Grandia was one of those, much like uh, Shining Force 3 we talked about earlier, which came out on the Saturn in 1998, I think. And uh, obviously it was being much vaunted by the official Sega Saturn magazine, which was edited by, at the times, by edited by Richard Ledbetter, who's kind of the, the head honcho at Digital Foundry now. And they would, yeah, say this, there's this amazing epic JRPG coming out in Japan. You know, and it, and as time went on, it became increasingly obvious that it wasn't going to get a translation. Yeah. Um, for the very limited Sega Saturn market, for the even more limited niche Sega Saturn yeah, exactly. RPG market. Exactly. The PS1 version did come out in power, and you can actually get it on PSN. Although I understand from uh, fans of that game that the the Saturn original is the way to play it if you can, and if you can read Japanese again. Yeah. Um, Grandia Two came out. Everywhere yeah, on the Dreamcast, Dreamcast that was one yeah. I played. Yeah, Same. yeah, I completed that one. It was fun. Yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun playing. I split like Dreamcast roleplay games. I played that, and I played a. Uh, I randomly played a lot of uh, a game called a uh, Record of Lodos War. I seem to remember, which was oh, kind I of remember the like, title. Yeah, it was like a Diablo style, uh, kind of um, third person kind of uh, actiony kind of dungeon crawl. It was really good, really really good. I remember that being. It's another one of those ones where like. I just remember remember seeing copies of it everywhere, um, and then before too long, there was just still loads of copies yeah. of it, and they were all about fourteen quid. I remember picking it up one one Monday and then just getting yeah losing weeks to it. But yeah, there was there was that I really kind of rated that. And Grandia Two on the Dreamcast, yeah, was was a fantastic conversion. So, listeners, uh, we are currently covering a number of JRPGs as well as Secret of Mana, which I mentioned later in the year, which is uh, more sort of real-time action, even has a multiplayer element. We're also currently covering every other month we're doing one of the numbered Final Fantasy games. So we've already done Final Fantasy 1 and 2. Uh, we've recorded 2. It's uh, No, it will be out by the time you hear this, yes. Uh, Final Fantasies 3, 4, 5, 6 and 7 coming this year, and then we'll continue the series into the future. Uh, which is quite a tall order, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, keep uh, keep tuning in for those every couple of months if you're into your JRPGs. Obviously, with the Final Fantasy series, each one is kind of a distinct entity, although we've yet to decide what we'll be doing with games like Final Fantasy X-2 and thirteen two, whether they get their own show and so on and so forth. But don't worry about that. We'll sort it out. Uh, remember, please venture over to our forum at canarince.com slash forum for intelligent, respectful video game chat. Ben's there. 
He pops in from time Frequently. to time. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter as well at Kane and Rince. Use the hashtag sound of play if you want to make a request or you could do it on the Facebook page. Request your favourites. We'll continue to include a selection in the playlist for each regular sound of play. Except when we have a composer on. Uh, none currently lined up. Hopefully we'll get some uh, some composers on Yeah, in the not too distant future. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you don't already leave us an itunes review apple podcasts whatever it is uh, or wherever else you get your podcast from if it allows you to leave a review or a rating it normally does more than just tells other people uh, certainly on apple it actually feeds into the charts uh, and their their bizarre yeah um, algorithm methodology um, so reviews and ratings are really really helpful um, same with the other podcast cane and rinse that i've been telling you about where we review games in uh, two hours normally uh, go deep on those uh, follow us on Twitter Facebook Instagram and if you enjoy all that we do this podcast and that podcast please consider donating the one dollar a month through our Patreon patreon.com slash Rinse or you can also go to the homepage now we have a PayPal button we have a merch stall t-shirts and bags and we have an Amazon link if you go through there do some shopping uh, this was Ben's suggestion thanks Ben uh, you can give us a little love as we get a little uh, finder's fee, such as it is. Uh, so, yeah, consider all of those things. And it really does help us keep on doing all that we do because we do put an enormous amount of time and effort into this stuff, even if it doesn't always sound like it. I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now I've done all my plugging. Um, before we talk about your final track, uh, Ben, thanks for coming on Sound of Play. And uh, where can people find all this stuff of yours that we've been talking about, please? Um, if you go onto YouTube and you put in uh, One Credit Classics, all in words with spaces, you'll find the channel there. We've currently got around about um, uh, 700-ish kind of subscribers. Yeah. It's gone. It's grown quite substantially over the, over the last year. Uh, the last yeah, your couple tweets of months. get a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, interest every yeah, week, I noticed. Yeah, it's, it's been... Um, yeah, it's been it's been good, really. I think the the, the regularity of of content, like as you know yourselves, is is the key yeah. to kind of building that. It is interest, really important building yeah. that interest up. Um, but on on Twitter, we're at uh, uh, number one credit classics, um, and all the information's up there on the uh, on the Twitter bio. You can check all the videos out on the YouTube channel itself. Um, everything's playlisted, so we're on to season four at the moment. Um, so all the seasons are playlisted. There's three multi part long plays. There is Super Mario Brothers three. Mario World, 96 Exits, and the Shining Force one that we talked about. Uh, there's a playlist full of bonus clears, which is stuff that's a bit kind of uh, uh, shorter or maybe uh, kind of niche regional variations of stuff we've already done before. And I've added another playlist um, of what I'm going to start doing over the next couple of weeks is probably start, if we do a lot of clears of a certain game, put a playlist of that game as well as it being in the main kind of uh, playlist as well so like i've done a, a champion wrestler one which is like a, a taito game that i just love um because i'll be doing clears with every character so it'd be cool to have a playlist with a one credit clear of, of every single uh, every single character uh, but yeah like i say t twitter on there all the time facebook but yeah check out the channel there's videos out every uh wednesday and saturday um and yeah, uh, get yourself uh, get yourself involved. You make you said earlier about the uh, the Amazon affiliate scheme. We got one of those as well. It's a really good thing wherever you go. Um, what I would say, and a great tip for you guys is, if people are buying things off the Amazon affiliate, uh, buy uh, luggage uh, luggage watches or clothes because you get the highest markup on them. <laughs> so if you know, oh, yeah. yeah. So um, so um, a, a friend of mine has got a. Uh, uh, an Amazon affiliate scheme for a thing that he does, and I bought uh, my wife uh, a watch for Christmas. And nice. uh, and he he was like, and I said to, 
he said to me, how did she like the watch? And I was like, oh, yeah, she started crying. She was made up. And, and he said, like, oh, I started crying when I figured out I got 10%. Like, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was made up. So, yeah, the, the Amazon thing's really cool because, like, uh, most people shop on there anyway. It doesn't change your, uh, doesn't change your uh, experience in any way. And, like I say, any, any way that you can kind of uh, help contribute to kind of uh, these things is, and it doesn't cost you anything is, well, it's win-win, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, good call. And you've also got some merch on the go, haven't you? Or more merch coming up? I have, yeah. Um, the, the, that stuff's up on, on the Twitter account. I use um, a company called Merched. Um, and it's www.merched.com. If you go on the Twitter, there's a link in the, in the bio. And basically how it works is you you, you um, design stuff and then they put it up and you run like a campaign. You have to get so many kind of pre-orders. And so no money's taken until you read the quote, you meet the quota. It's usually 10 items. Um, I've got uh, hoodies up at the moment that say uh, "Sit down" on the front, which is what I usually <laughs> scream after uh, beating these various uh, beating these various games. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't repeat half the stuff that I said on the on some of the more difficult clears, but uh, but yeah. So um, like I say, there's a, there's a link up on the Twitter and on the on the the Facebook page as well. Um, and and like literally, you, you just click on the page, it takes you straight there, and then you can pre-order one. And then when we hit the ten. Um, uh, what happens is that the order gets fulfilled. Um, there's a there's a time length for it as well. So there's like 20 days, I think. At, at this point, we'd already sold five, I think. Um, and so how it works is when the campaign ends, which is on the 6th of March, um, the money gets taken, and then all the orders get uh, all the orders get fulfilled. Just trying to work out when this show will be out, see if this is actually relevant. Yeah, yeah, it will. 20, I think, 28th of February. This oh, that's fine. Will be out. That's yeah. fine. Because what I, what I tried to do with the campaign was I tried to, I gave it the longest time possible, which is three weeks, so it'd go over that February payday. So if people were yeah. waiting to, like uh, to get paid, like Crafty. we all did at the end of the month, well, it's, it's like uh, I was thinking about doing some in January, but then I thought, who's got any money in January? Like, <laughs> absolutely nobody. So, uh, so yeah, that's how uh, that's how that works. But yeah, Merchter, they're based in the UK. They're a cool bunch of people, and uh, the, the the stuff's really good quality as well. And with with that as well, like you can you as a seller can specify the price um and and make kind of set amounts of profit per item but for this one i put the price at the lowest that it allows you to set it which means i don't make anything off off any of it but like the so if you want a hoodie they're only like 21 quid and they're really good quality as well so like for me it's more about you know, i could set them at 26 quid and make like 90p a hoodie what's the point do you know what i mean i just want you people yeah. to have good stuff because everybody's so super supportive of all these kind of videos really and uh i'll be honest i'm probably gonna get on myself because i need a, i need a new audi so like it's kind of weird yeah. <laughs> it's worked out well there as well but uh but yeah that's the uh, that's how it works and merged it's, uh, it's 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 a cool thing and like i've had a few people who've uh i did t-shirts last time and quite a lot of people sent me photos and stuff and, and enjoy it and it's it, included it, yeah for sure yeah it's 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 cool to see that do you know what i mean like from from a, a, a kind of small idea that i had nearly two years ago to think that we're kind of where we are now and it's uh yeah it's cool yeah good work so which brings us to uh your final pick and uh, a game that you've uh, I, yeah i know very well that you've formed a strong relationship with <laughs> ghouls and ghosts in particular <laughs> this was of course the second game in the makaimura uh series demon world village uh this was the 1988 sequel to 
Ghosts and Goblins. And uh, you've also picked yeah my personal favourite from an amazing soundtrack, Village of Decay, Tamayo Kawamoto's uh, level two theme, which manages to be both cheerful and creepy and sinister yeah. at the same time. Um, so yeah, so tell us about your adventures with, I know you've recently, um, kind of with Super Ghouls and Ghosts, the third game in the series, you've, uh, you've kind of beaten that one to a pulp. Uh, are you there with Ghouls and Ghosts as well at this point? Yeah, like, um, I, it all started with Super Ghouls and Ghosts that I did as a Halloween special last year. Um, yeah. and what happened with that was I put quite a bit of time into it. Um, but I suppose it's a bit more out of those three games. That's maybe the more as much as it's the longest one. It's probably the most forgiving. You have got certain elements um, like you use magic and you've got a few frames, a few more frames of animation of invincibility than you have on mm. the other get on Ghouls and Ghosts. Um, yeah. You've also um, got a, like a shield you can get that'll stop kind of bullets and you can double mm. jump. So like there's a few mechanics where if you do make a mistake there is an attempt to kind of resolve they, it they've gone soft on people yeah at this point, even though i consider that game uh, one of the hardest games i've ever played but uh. it, it's strange <laughs> it, like it's weird like looking back at it because when i did it like a friend of mine said it's strange isn't it like it plays like a cross between a ghouls and ghosts game and a capcom disney platformer and i did mm -hmm. at the time uh, like i remember thinking does it and but now playing a lot of the earlier ones i'm like yeah i can kind of see that I can kind of see that. And of course, as well, with the snares, there is quite a bit of slowdown, um, as there yeah. is when, when games like that get really busy. Um, but but the thing with that was, I did the whole thing and died twice, I want to say, at exactly the same point. And I, I got the clear, and I was really happy with it, and I, I got it out there. But in the back of my head, I couldn't shake the fact that I thought, this is no this is no deathable. Like, But I thought, I can't play this again. So I thought, right, I'll play Ghouls and Ghosts. I'll play the arcade Ghouls and Ghosts. And uh, I, I watched... Some some uh, some oh, some speedruns actually. There's a, a an American guy who does speedruns who could do the whole thing in 15 minutes, which is just absurd but incredible to watch. And I fell into that trap of oh, I don't look that hard, and uh, I kind of started playing it and 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 started playing it and and then about I started getting serious about trying to record it in about Novemberish, and uh, about a month after that, I got a one credit clear that I was I was happy with, but. I don't know. I was happy with it, but I wasn't happy with it. I got that. I got the take, but I, I didn't get that. I don't know. I didn't get that feeling of elation that I normally get. And I just remember it. It, it, it funny, like like we talk about this song. Like uh, I've got this on on my uh, on my phone, and uh, I always listen to it walking to work. And uh, it just came on at a really strange point while I walked around the corner. It was really dark, and I, I just I remember thinking to myself, like you've got to beat it properly. Like you you can't. You can't like if this is going to be your plane of this game. You can't just you can't put a clear that's good, but maybe you're not completely satisfied with. And I remember I was just at work, and I was like, I've got to know death, haven't I? I've got to like, I, and I just began the long and laborious process of of trying to beat it without dying. And like I like I say, I I, I don't estimate. I know because I kept a notepad. Like it, it took me 412 takes to get the one. Um, but uh, like, it's it's just I, I can't put into words like the, 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 like when I got that final take like I can't, physically can't describe like what yeah. happened. I remember screaming a bit, and then I remember looking at the clock and realised that the ending had rolled, and I'd been speaking for about twenty minutes, and I had no memory of any of it. It was only through watching the video again 
did I think to myself like god that's nuts like that's the closest thing to like an out-of-body experience i think i've ever had like my hands were shaking for ages and and that yeah here. it's one of those games that it's just so unforgivingly un unapologetically difficult that it, it's not you're not meant to play it like that you're not meant to beat it on one life that's the whole point no. and to try and to even try and do something like that is fairly ridiculous but to, to get to the point where it's good it's like with all those games you've got to play it twice so like uh, you beat it once and then you've got to go through again and get a certain weapon to beat like the last day, the the last boss with. So yeah. you'd get clears where I, I estimate I probably, I, I threw hundreds of clears away, but like I, you'd get clears where I'd do like a flawless first loop and then die on the first level of the second loop. And I can't yeah. tell you how demoralizing that is because the first <sighs> level, you know, like the back of your hand because I've done the first level 412 times. Do you know what I mean? Like I, n I never died. On, like you, you, even if you die on it, you've still you've still done some of it. Like uh, and so I had I had a couple of them. And then like I say, getting getting closer to it. Then the the day I got the clear, or the evening I got the clear, I got through it. I died on the level four, the second loop twice. And I remember thinking like I just want to go to bed. And I just thought no, just just have a couple more. And then like I say, I ended up here. Uh, end up getting a take but like you say you make a great point with that music it's weird it's like some kind of like it's like some kind of sinister disney soundtrack like the way that it switches between like major and minor keys it's quite like jingly and pleasant at the start and uh it's it's the fact that you're running through a village that's like a plagued village yeah. and then you run through a village that's burning to the ground do you know what i mean during <laughs> during this incredibly jingly uh, like I say, like sweeping, uh, sweeping piece of music. Uh, it just fits the, uh, it just fits the whole thing. That whole kind of, uh, that whole kind of uh, fantasy kind of platformer full of like ghosts and ghouls and goblins and horrible things that are trying to kill you and Venus flytraps that spit eyes and fiery bats and and all kinds of uh, and all kinds of and red armors. There's a red armor on that level as well. Yes. But uh, but 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 yeah, it, it's still now. Like I, I'm, I listen to that song every day without fail. Like it's weird that I can say that about a piece of music. But since since November, there hasn't a day gone by where I haven't heard "Village of Decay" at least once or twice. And and like it kind of jogs kind of different emotions in me now. Like I'm quite happy and content when I hear it now. Whereas before, it would just fill me full of dread. The fact that I thought to myself, "You haven't like it was kind of taunting me." Do you know what I mean? I thought yeah. I haven't done this properly yet. You know you're going to have to. Uh, you're going to have to do it. But um, I was going to say, like, I generally, and you know, I'm guilty of this to an extent. Although there are games that I've really stuck at and played many, many times. But I think my experience of other people playing video games uh, is that they're not generally that like determined to get through a bit that challenges them. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I don't think it's the natural human way or oh. the order of things i think games like super meat boy and the trials hd games where they they did that thing of making the restart completely instant they you know and and had such high levels of basic playability they had that combination of factors that meant that some people would keep going and keep going through you know with these incredible challenges but but with a game like uh, ghouls and ghosts or super ghouls and ghosts every time you die you have to sit through a little audio sting and then you get sent backwards yeah and i think for most people i literally i think for most people you would be looking at four or five deaths before giving up yeah exactly forever yeah. and you and you you went through 
hundreds. Yeah, four hundred eleven. What is it? What What is it in your brain that is? I don't you know, know. This This steely uh, determination. Why do you not just sack it off and go? Meh. I don't know. I just. I just. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like I. I, I with this, it, it's difficult games as well. Do you know what I mean? Why can't I get obsessed with easy stuff? <laughs> it's always. It's always difficult stuff that somehow gets under my skin to the point where our type was the same. Do you know what I mean? Like that was to be fair, that was a mate who dared me, but still, same thing. Difficult game can't be beaten. No, difficult. Don't don't want to be difficult beaten. game. Got under my skin, and then that was that. Uh, yeah, Ghouls, Ghouls and Ghosts was one of those things that I just um, I don't know. I don't. I don't see like um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who could do that in the world. Like you, there's whatever there is. Do you know what I mean? Seven and a half billion people on the planet. There's probably quite a few people who could do that, but I just yeah. I don't I don't know. I just, I've never met any of them. <laughs> like, I've I'm, ne- not, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. No sort of analyst, uh, psychoanalyst. But I'm wondering if uh, we were talking at the start of the show about your sort of uh, generally clean living ways. Maybe it's that the drug is the kind of pure hit that you get when you do it, yeah. and you know that nothing else will suffice. Do you know, like <laughs> that is the, the the craziest, most logical thing. And if that, that even makes sense, that I've ever heard. Like I'd, I've never even thought of that. But yeah, I can't. There's so many of these big clears that I've got, like where I can't remember what happens afterwards. Like I literally <laughs> just, I just kind of come back round and I'm just kind of talking. Maybe it is that R type was similar. So yeah, I, mean, I'm I had surprised. to. If you watch the R type video, I had to dub like another ending over because I just stopped yeah. it and then, and then <laughs> gibbering. Just, yeah, I was an absolute mess. Ghouls and ghosts. Yeah. It's just 20 minutes of me telling telling you to lead a better life. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just did. Uh, I can't. I, motivational. It was. Speech. It was pure. It was pure motivational speaking. I, I just did. Uh, it, it's like it's, uh, modern games like uh, have kind of changed in in terms of how people want to access them now. People want to um, like. I, I saw a video of, of somebody playing uh, Street Fighter Two um, playthrough the other day, and uh, when he won it, like a, it was like over the shoulders. So you could see him playing. When he won like a round, mm. and the thing he spun, like the, the 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 bonus point spun, he checked his phone mm. and then put his phone back down. And he mm. did that every single time. And I remember mm. thinking to myself, like your your attention span is at that point where it you have to break from what you're doing in order to kind of do that. And I think yeah. gaming is like that now. Like you say, there's a lot of games, and uh, the, the the kind of the, that thing of just being able to go straight back into it or straight back into it, and then or just stopping for a bit, picking something up and stopping for a bit. Like is is a, a big part of how people consume games now. There is there is mm. like the, you can be accessed at any time by like smartphones and things like that. So maybe you have got less kind of solitary time to do legitimately kind of a, legitimately what you want. But with with these games that were written in that era, like if you can give them that sense of of a unwavering commitment, um, that that what you get out of them is just it's just unreal. Like Ghouls and Ghouls and Ghosts is is a great example because. Like it, it's, it's. I, I, I want to say anybody. I feel like anybody could do it. I don't feel like there's anything in it that's unfair. Mm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't feel yeah. like there's any. You look at these like Japanese like bullet hell shooters, and I think to myself like that's ridiculous. Like or you watch somebody play like a, a Metallica song on on uh, Guitar Hero on on expert difficulty. One, I think you might as well learn to play the guitar at that point. But two, I think to myself that is an, a feat of of. of uh, of kind of gaming, uh, like a, a, a dexterous feat of, of fast-handed gaming. Whereas with something like Ghouls and Ghosts, I honestly think like that. It's a lot of learning. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. exactly. I just mm-hmm. think like it's it's 
it's testing you by asking you to put the time in. And I don't think, I think you're right. I think in the society that we live in, I think like the shorter attention spans that people have got now, I think the number of people who are prepared to die 412 times on Google, or die 411 (laughs) times on Ghouls and Ghosts, in the hope that take 412 will be the right one, is very kind of few, really. And then maybe that's what it is. Maybe I've just got that that old school kind of like doggedness, really, that I just, I want to, kind of beat these games and I want, I want to see like uh, if, if, if it can kind of be done and like I say I don't see th- there probably is a lot of people who've maybe who've beaten Ghouls and Ghosts without uh, without dying but it just like I say I've never met any of them that's, that's, it's like I've seen it but then it's I just I don't know I kind of wanted to do it and I can't as ridiculous as that sounds and as a massive chunk of my life as it was to, to sit there and, and kind of puddle through that I do feel like uh, I do feel a better person as a result of it, really. Yeah, I do feel like it's a, it's a kind of a, it's an achievement. And and every time I hear any song from this soundtrack, I'm kind of immediately reminded of uh, how much fun that the the whole process was eventually. <laughs> Superb. Well, with that in mind, listeners, do check out One Credit Classics on YouTube. Have a watch of uh, some of these Ghouls and Ghosts, Super Ghouls and Ghosts playthroughs. And when you hear Village of Decay, think about the previous 400 or attempts uh and the the is 411 and the uh and and the the long dark nights of the soul that uh, ben went went through to to get there for you uh until sound of play 136 uh, i've been leon with ben from one credit classics and we'll leave you with village of decay from ghouls and ghosts Thank you.